Good. So, um, I'm very excited about this morning. I am sorry if I come across tired. I, uh, it, it's been a... Who of you are tired? We are... I mean, we end of October and it feels like we are running... Like, it's tomorrow is the last day, which is a good thing. I, I caught myself... Um, working 14-hour days this week, which I never do. And so I kind of stumbled in here this morning like, all right, but, but, but Andrew's going on leave, so we're all going to get a rest. <laughs> no, um, I, it's, a, it's, a, it's good. It's, it's been good stuff. It's a, yo, I'm very loud now. Not? I can almost speak without the mic now. But um, <laughs> what did you say now? Most of the time loud. But it's been... <laughs> I'm not going to respond to that. But we... <laughs> It's been good busyness, uh, or good work actually, because there's just so much that God is doing in us, you know, that we're trying to move this thing forward, and uh, it's really exciting. Um, so, just today, I actually felt that I don't want to come and just necessarily share a new preach with us. We've had a lot of input over the past two months, and I, I think for those of us that, that were at the gathering yesterday, you know, we never want to become that fat guy, just James actually did that to me now when we prayed, he said, feed us, okay, and I'm like, no, I'm not going to feed us, okay, we, we, so I don't just want to come and just give us another preach, it's like, okay, here's something else for us to consider, but we've had a lot of input, but there's a, it is a time for us as a church where God is actually saying to us, okay, you've had a lot of input, now run. Now run. And we had that word actually for the worship team meeting. We had a, we had a worship meeting in the, in the beginning of the week. And I, I said to the guys, you know, funny enough, this is often a platform where, where many come to, you know, I can say it because I did it, okay? It's a shameful thing. But where many come to get some form of um, honor or pride, you know, and like respect. And it's like the, it's celebrated often what's happened here. But I looked at the worship team this year and the sound guys, and it's probably been one of the least celebrated areas. It's funny, eh? Like, we, we somehow, and we didn't do it intentionally, but we didn't give a lot of honor to the guys always leading. But every Sunday, boom, they are 7.30 in the morning, while some of you are still dosing. Okay, every Thursday night, they're practicing, serving, exercising, they're practicing their gift, and they came to bless us. And I, there was this word that I felt for the guys. I just said, man, you guys have died well. You guys have died well, man, to, to really not do this for the honor that we get out of it and to the well done, because we actually haven't said well done, and really not intentionally, but just there, there hasn't been a lot around it. But it felt like God said for us on Tuesday, you've died well, now live. And then not to now get the honor, but there's something actually that God is going to, there's, there's going to be like a new wind that's going to come into us. And, uh, and I think it is also for the rest of us today, that God wants to bring together what He's put into us over the past few months and say, okay, live. It's time for us to live. We've died well, now live. Amen? So, let me pray before we jump, and then I'm going to try and pull this together. God, I am just so thankful for what you're doing among us. Lord, we recognize that it's you building your house. It's you calling us. It's your idea, God. It's you moving us. It's you building us here. It's all these different parts, even this morning, God is playing. It is you. And uh, we, we really want to keep saying, God, honor to your name. Praise to your name, Lord. Glory to you. And uh, we are so excited to be part of what you're doing. What a privilege. What a privilege, God. And we say yes to you this morning for what it is you're asking us to do, what it is you're asking us to move forward, God. We say yes to respond to you this morning. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, quickly, just before I... Oh, pencil lines. Um, <laughs> thank you. Um, quickly, just before we... Um, 
before I get to the main part, I want to try and pull together. So we've had a lot of apostolic input over the last while and quite specific words to us. So a few weeks ago, we had Mike Fanning here with us. And who can remember what he preached about? Prayer. Okay. He spoke about prayer, but not just prayer contending, but he, he used this line where he said, we need to contend in prayer, but from a place of peace. You guys remember that? And, um, and, I, and I think what I want to stir with us this morning, you know, there is a stirring in us to, to go for many of us, or there's a stirring in us to stay. But who of you in this week were a little bit rattled? Yeah? Like, as you started thinking, well, what if I go, what does it mean? And uh, what if this person goes, what does it mean for me? Yeah? And, uh, and I heard some, some of us use the word, it feels like there's going to be a tearing. Have you guys felt that? And, um, and I said to the guys, no, it's not a tear. It's a, it's a multiplication. It's a plant. But there is a, there is a cost to it, for sure. Yeah? I, last night, when, when Andrew was preaching, and he said, you know, we sometimes have a little friendship circles, which is so nice. And, and, and he said, actually, you guys, are, some of you are going to have to give that up to include new guys and bring them through. And I, I looked at Mike, and I, and I sent him a message. I said, yes, it's going to be a sacrifice, whatever it looks like. There is a tearing in us, but in this contending for this place, we contend from a place of peace, not, it's going to suck. And so I want to encourage us, I'm not going to re-preach this whole thing, I'm just trying to remind us a little bit this morning. As you pray, as you consider, as we give of ourselves, that we won't do it from a place of grief or pain or frustration, but from peace. That it is God who ordained the timing. It is God's idea. He knows what He's doing. And He knew it from the beginning to the end. And He's including us in His plan so we can rest that it's Him, not us. If this was my idea or, or someone else's idea, then we should have been worried. But I'm so convinced that it's God's idea. And we can, you know, we can settle that He's well able to do what He needs to do. With me? All right? Some amens there. All right. Jeremiah 33, verse 3, he said this, Call to me, and I'll answer you, and I'll tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. And uh, I want to encourage us again, just as a congregation, there's a call for us to pray, even as we're starting to plan this thing and go forward, that will people who pray and put this thing before the Lord, you know, God, what do you want to use me in this thing? Am I, am I going or am I staying, and how do you want to use me? And uh, I trust that God will show us great and unsearchable things that we didn't know before. He also said this line, he said, faith is not the absence of doubt, but the presence of belief. Yeah. And, um, and, and so faith for us, it's not just to, okay, uh, somehow it's going to work okay. But I want to encourage all of us, find the, find the seed of faith that God is putting into your heart to say, yes, this is it that, I can, that I'm responding to. And uh, I actually just felt now in the, in the worship time already, I think many of you in this week already, you started praying about this thing and you could feel, Ooh, I think God wants me to go. And then the thoughts comes, but what about my work? And uh, what about the kids in school? What about the driving in and out? What is it? Do I need to move there? And suddenly you can feel like the, the pressures of the world is just snuffing the faith. We felt that? I felt it. I felt it. Okay? And, um, and I want to encourage you, don't let the world and the cares of this world snuff the faith that God is depositing in your heart. Okay? If He's dropping seeds of faith in you, let it fall on fruitful soil to say yes to God. Yes to God. And, um, and please hear me in this, okay? We're not trying to manipulate, manipulate guys in one way or the other. This is to stay or to go. But there is a wrestle for us here that faith comes and the devil wants to steal. Okay, I would almost encourage you, put it like this. If you can hear God, okay, God, I think this is what you want me to do. What does it mean then for the rest of the stuff? 
How does it come alongside it? But you respond to the faith first, and then God will sort out the rest. Make sense? I, I don't know if I'm losing you guys. You with me? All right. Then the second one was Chris Staples, and he preached about the water lilies, okay? And how, how timely was that? Can I, can I get a little bit more softer? Sorry, I'm going to shout at you guys every time I, I'm raising my voice here. But um, Chris preached about the water lily pad that has, actually has to grow and to multiply. And then Andrew basically touched on the same thing yesterday, that we are supposed to fill this, this thing. And uh, there needs to be space for people to come through and to multiply. And I just actually loved, you know, what I saw this morning. I, I removed myself a little bit from having to be hands-on. And uh, I, I was like, I was looking at Josh and it's like, flip th- shame, the poor guy, you know, like I, preaching is hard. Leading a meeting when there's like 20 prophetic words coming through, that's a whole different ballgame, okay? Like I found that a lot harder than to preach. And, um, and so, but suddenly, you know, when, when, when Josh was leading and he was like fulfilling a role, suddenly there was space. And you could see the rest of the whole eldership team jumped in, and there's space for us to do what we need to do. And, um, you know, as we go, and as we send guys, there's going to be space for the rest of us to come through. That it's not just the one guy, if it, like Andrew said yesterday, if this was my idea, or, or the devil can stop me, but he can't stop us. And, um, and I love that, you know, that as there's space being created for all of us to do what God wants us to do, it cannot be stopped if it's an us thing. Um, thank you. Okay, it's a, and, and so I want to again remind you, what is your lily, your water lily thing that where you need to multiply to fulfill what God wants you to do, that us cannot be stopped, okay? Um, and I, you know, 2 Corinthians 3, and I, I was really encouraged by this, as, we, as we're going to plant, Paul says this to the 2 Corinthians 3, verse 1 to 3, um, says, says this, are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need, like some people, letters of recommendation to you or from you? So it's like, listen, do we, what do we, when we go to Asia, for example, or when we stay here, what do we need to say? Do we need to write someone a letter? Hey, we really sending this guy and he's a good recommendation or we, we recommend him. He says, no, no, no. You yourselves are our letters written in our hearts, known and read by everybody. You show that you're a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, and not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. And I want to, you know, when I, when I was preparing today, I said, God, I pray that all of you may be read by the people, that all of you, wherever we go, whether we stay or whether we go, that you may be read what the Spirit of God has done in you. And that we, we don't need letters to say, hey, this is what you're really commendable of, and go and let's go and do that. But actually, it has been engraved on your lives. And you are our letters of recommendation. And I, I pray that all of you may be read. Really. I pray that, that, you, that there may be, may be a moment for you to, that, that it's like you'll be opened up and people may see what the Spirit of God has written on your hearts. I want to say, as we go, the confidence is really not in, in me or who's going to lead it. I, I, and I want to say this, I think I, I'll still bounce it with the team, but I, I don't think I'm going. I, I really feel God needs me, needs me to stay, but I want to be heavily invested there, okay? So I'm staying here, and I, I feel as a father, God wants me to be with you and continue leading this work forward, you know? But I, I, it's going to be better for those that are going to be read by people on that side and for me to go. Full confidence. It's, it's like that, that God has produced in you what He wants, and, uh, and, and that you will be read wherever you go, or for those of us that stay, that we're going to be read by those who are in Malkos. 
And then we had Andrew with us last week, which was incredible, the, the message that he had for us. And uh, we, he spoke about the word remain, 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 and that we need to be remain rooted in Jesus. And so, hear me, the picture is, that he, and he actually pulled it through to that remaining in the boat, okay? They said there's a remaining with the ship, but it's actually that some of us need to get out on water. So it's not contradicting you. The, 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 the point is to be remaining in Jesus, all right? And... Um, but then he said this, that there's a storm coming, or, or we are already in a storm. And I, I think it's one of the words that I actually had for the team, you know, as we're going to do this. I was reminded of the story where Jesus said to the disciples, they worked hard, they, they ministered, they, they healed the sick and whatever. And then he said to them, let us go to the other side. And they got in the boat, and uh, you know what happened, okay? It's one hell of a storm broke loose. That was a bad word, sorry. One, one, one massive storm broke loose, Okay. And, uh, and they're in the boat. And, and can you imagine, it's Jesus that told them, get in the boat. And a storm broke loose that these guys thought they're going to die. And, uh, but Jesus was on the water, and Peter saw him. And he said, God, if it's you, come, and I'll go. And he, and he got out, and he walked. And, um, and the other story, it happened twice. The other story, Jesus was in the boat, but he was sleeping. He was at ease. And they woke him up, God, save us. Okay? And he said, oh, you have little faith. And he spoke to the storm and he calmed it. And, I, and, and so there's these, these situations all the times or both times that Jesus said to the disciples, let us go to the other side. A storm broke out. And I, I want us to be, in a sense, realistic about this thing. We, we are going with great faith, you know. We're expecting God is going to do miracles. I'm, I'm full of faith, okay. But I'm also aware that it's not necessarily going to just be a walk in the park and it's going to be easy and there's going to be no pain or whatever. There is a storm. There is a storm. And I, one, of the, one of the things that he flagged, you know, um, I'm going to read a few scriptures. Hebrews 2 verse 1, he said this, that we must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that you do not drift away. Pay careful attention. I love how it says, um, it says you must pay more careful attention to what you have heard so that we don't drift. And because um, then in 1 Timothy 4, 1, it says, because the Spirit clearly says that in the later times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Now, we hear that, and I, I said to the guys this morning at the pre-meeting, I hear things like this, and I think, yeah, yes, some other churches really need to hear this scripture, okay? And actually, you know, Andrew preached it into us last week. It's like, what is it that, that comes into us that we actually need to pay real careful attention to what we've heard so that we don't drift? Mark 7, 13, it says, Thus you nullify the word of God by your traditions that you've handed down. How hectic is that? Can you, can you imagine that we, as God's people, can nullify the word of God, what it's doing in us, by our traditions? How we like things done. That is a scary thought. Yeah. And you do many things like that. And I was praying about it. I just put it before, we spoke about it a little bit at our eldest time on Friday. And then I, I put it before the Lord yesterday and today. I said, God, what is it in us that could really be this thing actually taught by demons or, or like just a completely different spirit than what we've heard? That is, a, what is the temptation for us? And I, I literally just felt the Lord drop this in my heart. It says, it's the voice to say, save your life. It's a voice that tells you, someone else will do it, but you don't have to. It's the voice that says, there's a price to be paid, but it's too high for you. Don't pick up your cross. That voice, that tradition, is the one that will nullify the Word of God in us. And I, I tell you guys, there is a, for me, the thought, and, and, and I said this to Andrew two months ago when I mentioned to him, I think there might be a plant coming from us. I said, the reason why I'm scared, and I say this very humbly, is because I've built deeply with you guys. 
I said, the thought for me of having to send 20 or 30 people and some of my team and some of our deacons to another congregation, I said, that scares the living daylight out of me. It, it pains, you know, because I've built deeply. There's a, there is a, to measure, you know, tearing in my heart. And I, I, we don't even know who it is yet, but I can already feel it's going to suck to a large degree. I'm just being very honest, okay? But you know what scares me more? It's going back to what we were. Going back how we used to do things and just visionless, aimless, purposeless, coming here Sunday week in, week out. It's just good church, you know, but no, no purpose. That scares me more. Really it does. And, uh, but we could. We could do it like that if we choose to pick up our lives. We'll nullify the Word of God. And so I want to urge us, um, if God is dropping seeds of faith in you, do not let the enemy manage to steal it because he tells you, pick up your life, save it. Don't make a sacrifice. It's not God. It's not God. And I want to tell you, for those of you who's going to stay with me, I, I, I feel many, I already have a few that I said, actually, you guys are going to have to stay. I want to say, for us that are staying, there is a big call here that God is going to, it's like we're going to have to pick up the pace. And one of the reasons, I, I can't remember who I shared with, but one of the reasons I allowed myself to work this hard this week as I did is because I was asking God, Lord, increase my capacity. It's like I need to be stretched. Now, I can't run like that forever, but I said, God, it needs to be possible that at some stage you're going to do this with me in large me that I can carry more because there's a greater call here and we're going to need to pick it up I said God do it in me build something in me that somehow with my wife and the, the little one we can we can carry more because there's a call here so even for us staying we're not getting the easy path it's a there's a lot that's going to come out of us and um is it making sense you know and the, you know the voice that it sounds like the, the example that Andrew used last week Acts 27 30 it says um, in an attempt to escape from the ship, actually, you know, it's like in an attempt to escape what God's doing and, and to just go what we think is wise, you know, the sailors let the lifeboats down into the sea, pretending that they were going to lower some anchors from the boat. And, um, and you know, I want to encourage you, I don't know the intentions of your heart as we move this plant. You know, and God knows. And, and it is easy for us, you know, to pretend, yeah, I'm going to lower some anchors and uh, it's, it's for this. But actually, we're lowering some lifeboats to save us, save ourselves. I want to urge you guys, you know the intentions of your heart. And you need to actually allow God to say, God, search me and know me. And see if there's any wicked way in me that's trying to lower lifeboats to save us. But actually, God, I want to, I want to remain with where you are. And I want to pick up my life and I want to die with you. But not pick up my life, pick up my cross. Pick up my cross, die with you. Is it making sense for you guys? With me? All right. Um, and a, an interesting question, you know, that I, I don't think I'm going to answer it for us this morning, but Grant mentioned last week, he said, you know, that we are not the same church that we used to be. And it's true. Yeah? And, I, and, and I think you probably need to ask God, like, so what has changed? What has changed in us? It's a question that I'm wrestling with because I can feel we're different. And I don't want to go back to what we were. But I want to ask God, so what has shifted in us? And one of the things that I just felt this week, or on Sunday, actually, after church, when I paddled out, went for a surf, and I was just asking the Lord, so what has changed? Or how did we change? And uh, the Lord reminded me, and I'm not saying this is the, the main reason, but one of the things is, you know, as elders, at the start of this year, we started getting to get, it, to get together almost weekly, whenever we can, on Friday mornings. And um, sure, we prayed and prepared and whatever, but, but can I tell you what most of those mornings look like? Yeah? It starts like this, God, search us and know us. 
and see if there's any wicked way in us. And it's like we allowed the Lord to search us, and there was like constant repentance. That's what it feels like for me when I think about our Friday morning spray time. It's constant repentance, constant turning to the Lord. It's like we realize we have a natural bend that want to do this and a turning to the Lord. Friday mornings for me, is a, Friday was so funny because we were all so tired there. And we're there, 6 o'clock, we're going, okay. And uh, I could feel I had a bend. And, um, and, and just as we're praying, it's like God turns us. God turns us, God turns us. And much of that has actually flown down to you guys, you know, where, where you're bearing the fruit of, of much of that. But, but I want to encourage us, there needs to remain that in us, where there's a constant turning us. God, we realize we have this natural bend, but turn us to you. And um, so that needs to remain in us. But a, a good question for you would probably be to ask, so what is it that we have shifted from? And then make sure that we go, don't go back to it. What has shifted in me that, and that, that has changed, that I make sure we don't go back to it? Amen. I'm going to finish with this, and um, it might be a longer finish, so, so just bear with me. But I, I'm going to read a long portion of Scripture. And it's about a guy named Paul, okay, zealous for God, wanting to further the kingdom, wanting to advance. And we read about it in Acts 16. We're going to read, and I'm going to just explain some stuff for us. So you can put it up there. So it says, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of, however you pronounce that, and, and Galatia. And having been kept by the Holy Spirit, so how's it? Having been kept from the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. So they literally went, okay? They, they were traveling, they got to Asia, and the Holy Spirit prevents them from preaching the word. So now they're like, wow, we just traveled for days to get here. We're not allowed to preach, okay? We'll go someplace else. So it says, and when they came to the border of Mysia, okay, they tried to enter Bethania, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So now they're traveling to another side for days, get there, and it's like God doesn't even allow them to cross the border, okay? And like, okay, we don't know. And then it says, so they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. And, and so now they're in another town. I'm to, I want to encourage you or remind you, this is taking days. They're not driving, okay? They're walking. And then they're going down, and they're getting to another town or not, another nation, actually. And then he says, During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And I want, to, I want you to see this picture in the dream. You, you, you get this guy, and he's literally asking, Come over here. Come over here to help us. And after Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once. Now, how, you, how many of you have heard this morning, there was like an immediate response out of James' teaching. There were some other words that says they got ready at once to go. And I, I want to I encourage us, you know, as we get ready for this thing, and we, we're getting ready to plant, but the, if, if we're going to sit on this for too long, it's going to die. If we, if we overthink this for too long, if we try and work it out in our human strength, it's going to die. I want to encourage you, for those of you this morning, if there's a seed of faith that God's putting in you to move, at once, respond to the Word of God. At once, ready to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Now, can you, can you see that right here, Paul is as convinced as convinced that he's in the will of God. Can we see that? Okay. We've been to other places. Didn't open up for us. Here we have a vision. Literally, God says, come over to this place. We get ready at once. And do you agree with me that Paul is in the will of God? All right. So from Troas, we put out the sea and sailed straight from that place the next day to that place. All right. And um, there's some interesting words there, okay? And um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip some portions. He just said that then 
They, uh, they went on the Sabbath, met this lady. She got saved. She got baptized, introduced her to a whole household. Good movement. The church is starting there in this lady's house. And then um, from verse 16, um, you can go there. It says, once we were go, going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit by which she predicted, predicted the future. Now, interesting, just a side note, for those of you who are doing the foundation course with us, on, uh, on Wednesday we spoke about you get the real and you get the counterfeit, how the devil wants to counterfeit stuff. So it's like she has a prophetic spirit, but it's not God. That's a scary thought, okay? And, um, and she earned a great deal of money for her owners by, tell- by fortune-telling. And this girl followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. And I can imagine you're going through this town to preach, and you've got this girl who's not prophetic, okay? She's actually a fortune teller coming behind. It's like shouting the whole time. These are the men of God. Like, they're coming to tell the way, whatever, to be saved. And she kept this, to, kept this up for many days. All right? Good grief. And then finally, Paul became so troubled that he turned around and said to the Spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the Spirit left her. I call that. It's just like, okay, finally. So you're like, well, this is a good thing. This is deliverance that took place, okay? We are really in the will of God. But when the owners of the slave girl realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. So now you're like, Okay, well, this is getting a little bit confusing now. Okay, there was just a deliverance that took place. We are fully in the will of God. He sent us here. So they brought them before the magistrates and said, These men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for Romans to accept or practice. The crown joined them in the attack. Now, I'm just going to go through, um, skip some of it, sorry. Um, okay, so they're put in prison. Long story short. Put in prison, and they actually, well, verse 23 says, after they had been severely flogged, okay, beaten, beaten for what they've done in the will of God, beaten, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. Okay, this is the worst. It's, um, what's it, isolation, or the high, high security prison, okay, they're in the stocks, sitting like this, and can you imagine? I want you to imagine, in the will of God, you went there because God told you to go. You preached because He preached. There was power. And suddenly you find yourself in the inner cell, in prison. Okay? How would you respond? How would we respond? Now, I really don't pray that any of us would go to prison. <laughs> okay? Or what it does look like. But as we go... And I'm as convinced as convinced that we are in the will of God. There's a storm coming. There's a storm. There might be a storm. There might be a storm that we didn't see coming from the side, okay? And, um, and some of us at that moment want to go, whoa, we obviously heard wrong. Okay? Save us. Save yourself. Don't pick up the cross. Don't move. Don't, don't do it. And, uh, but it says here what they did. Is it about midnight? Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. And um, I want you to imagine that they weren't sitting there just like they were severely beaten. So you're sitting with a bruised lip, a blue eye, gashes on your back, in pain, can't move. And they're sitting and they're worshiping. And the other prisoners are listening to them. And suddenly, 
there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once, all the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. So you're like, it's God. He came to save us. The breakthrough has come. Yay, we're running. Okay, God has made us free. And the jailer woke up and when he saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, for we are all here. Now he's thinking, why didn't you run? If God, if God opened the door for you and God intervened, why didn't you run? And then the jailer called for lights. He's like, surely can't be, okay? So he gets a light and he comes in here. And then all of them are standing. Um, he rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved, you and your household. And then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all the others in his house. And at that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. And then immediately him and all his family were baptized. And um, can you see that Paul was so not set on his comfort or on the amazing journey that he thought God had prepared for them. He's, 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 he looked beyond it. It was bigger than that. It was bigger than him. It was bigger than his comfort. It was bigger than his safe place. And uh, even when he thought God had opened the way, he said, no, 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 there's something bigger here. This guy, if he killed himself, he would have been in hell. And he chose to stay in the prison for the sake of a jailer and his whole family. And that night, a Roman gets saved and his whole household and they get baptized after they heard the word of the Lord. You know what we want? You know what is my greatest desire as we go to Azar? Is that people must see us and they come to us and ask us, what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do? Okay? They mustn't go, wow, where have Josh Jen been all our lives? Okay, who cares about Josh Jen? What do we want to hear is, what are we supposed to do? And then we can say, you need to repent and you need to get baptized. And you need to follow the Lord. Okay? I, I went for a run, um, I think Thursday. Thursday, Mariska and I went for a run on the beach. Okay? Or Wednesday. Sorry, Wednesday before come. And, um, and I felt, by then I already felt God said, I'm going to stay. And you know, I looked at this town with different eyes. Suddenly, I was on the beach and I was looking. I was looking, who am I reaching now? Okay, I'm staying here. I know God wants me here. I'm looking. Who do I need to find that they need to come to me in this town to come and say, what are we supposed to do? Okay, that's the question we want, you know. In Acts 2, when the Spirit was poured out, Peter preached, the question the guys asked, what are we supposed to do? When they need to look at us, they need to ask, what are we supposed to do? All right. Is there another verse to that? And then the jailer brought them into his house, set a meal before them, and he, and he was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family. What a miracle, you know? What a what a miracle! And um, I want to ask us: Is our gaze set on that that there's souls that need to be saved, but at what cost? Might be at our cost. Okay. And one more story: Philippians, Philippians one. Paul's writing. Guess where Paul is? Back in prison. Okay? Paul's in prison again. This is another round. Okay? He's back in prison. And, uh, and he says in verse 12, he says, Now I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me 
has really served to advance the gospel. You're thinking, Paul, are you nuts, okay? So he's writing them. They're busy praying, actually, that he would get released. And he says, no, 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 no. I want you to know that what is happening to me is actually advancing the gospel. As a result, it has become clear that throughout the whole palace, God, and to everyone else, that I'm in chains for Christ. So now he's saying, listen here, it's not only that jailer that in the previous jail that I was at, but now the whole palace, God, is being saved. Because of my chains, most of the brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and fearlessly. So then he says what happens is, because I'm suffering, all of you are becoming more courageous. He says, because now, so let's take an example. Paul is sitting there. Some of these guys have died, okay? It's martyrs. Some of them are killed. You know, you know what Christians look like that are not scared to lose their lives? We, we like this, Romans 12, verse 11, that says, they um, overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And we leave verse 12 out that says, and because they did not love their lives even unto death. I want to say, guys, the most scary thing or the most, I want to say the most scary thing for the devil in this earth is a Christian that doesn't love his life. That is not scared of dying. That is not scared to pay a price and say, I'll do it. It's just the most intimidating thing for the devil. Okay? Because what can they do to us? What can they do to us? If they can't kill you to stop us, what can they do to us? It's nothing. Okay? So Paul says, listen, I'm in prison. I'm getting beaten. And you guys are praying for me to release, be released initially. He says, no, no, no. Actually, what it has done, it has made all of you more courageous to pay the price. And I, I want to actually ask you today, who of you are prepared to pay the price, to be first? To say, God, I'll do it. It's going to be painful. I'm going to do it. But I'll do it. And more others will be courageous to pay the price because I'm paying a price. God's on this, eh? He says, all of you have become more courageous because I'm paying a price here. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become, have be, became more confident in the Lord and dare all the more proclaim the gospel without fear. I th- we've changed, you know. Milani last week, she said, you guys have changed. You got out of that sleepy town vibe. And we have. We have to a Lord's degree. But God is kicking us into a whole new gear. Okay? He says, how, how dead are you? How dead are you to want to pick up your life and save it? How, how comfortable are you? You know, some of you have joined us, and there's a river that's been going where, where many of us have paid the price, and we've laid on our lives, and you've, you've came into us, and you, you, you almost joined this river not knowing what has changed. You're just in it, and now God is putting the pressure on you, or on us, all of us. You know, He's putting it on me for sure, and He's asking, how dead are you to want to save your life? Have all of us became more confident in the Lord and we dare all the more proclaim the gospel without fear. Verse 27, it says this, Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, containing as one man for the faith of the gospel without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you'll be saved and by God. And so I want to say, 
it kind of feels like that. It's like I'm writing a letter to you guys today and, or, or speaking to you and say, listen, yeah, whether, whether I'm with you or whether I just hear about you, for the group going, I want to hear that you're standing firm in the gospel with one heart, with one mind, with one purpose, advancing the gospel, okay? And this will be a sign to those who are over there that they need to get saved. And then he says, and this is Paul being a, a good salesman, okay, like Grant. He's trying to convince them here that this is a good deal. This is your reward, okay? This is what you have. It says, for it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ that not only can you believe in him, okay? This is, your, this is the sales pitch, okay, for those of you that are going to go or that's going to stay. That it's been granted to you that not only will you believe in him, but also suffer for him. That's our reward, <laughs> Do you know that often Paul said in those other chapters as well, they went away rejoicing that they were worthy to suffer for Jesus. And um, I had this picture or the word in my, in my head last night and I, I went to search it. It's in Psalm 84. But I had this phrase in my head, set your hearts on pilgrimage. Set your hearts on pilgrimage. And I read Psalm 84. And it, it, it does say, I'm going to read the whole portion now, but um, from verse 5 it says, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts is set on pilgrimage. And pilgrimage really just means this, to be those who are on a mission. Those who will not settle down, but those who are going and advancing the gospel. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. So I want to I ask, sorry, we've gone a little bit over, but I want to ask, faith, I, I feel faith has been deposited in us, you know, God has been speaking to some of you this, this morning and in this week when you prayed about the sound, and you can feel, ooh, I do sense God wants me to do something, uh, whether it's to move or whether to drive in and out, but when we considered the winds and the waves, we sank, and um I actually want to, I don't want to be unrealistic with us this morning. Guys, it's going to be great. It's going to be the bomb. No, no fear, no pain, nothing. I'm trying to paint a realistic picture for us. There is a storm often as we cross. It might be initially that people get saved, get baptized. Wow, it's amazing. And then suddenly you find yourself beaten and in prison. (laughs) Okay. And, uh, but if God's calling us, it's better to be there than to be somewhere else away from the call of God picking up our lives and losing, a, losing your life and really not mattering for God. I ordered a book this week by John Piper that says, Don't Waste Your Life. I said, God, I don't want to waste my life. And um, I want to ask, um, while I was speaking, and maybe in this week, um, and I, I don't think I would do this, but I do feel, so help, help me here, but um, I think some of you had a deposit of faith, but you just, when everyone reason about it, it's like, I just, we just can't do it. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying this lightly. Many of you need to stay here as well. Okay? I need to stay. Grant already has a conviction. I agree. He needs to stay. Jen and James, we spoke. I, I agree they need to stay. So staying is not sinning. Okay? That, let's be clear about that. Staying is it's not the lesser. There's a big call here. But for those of you who have heard the call and you're wrestling, but you want to say, God, help me. If I, I, I hear you, I want to do it, no matter the cost. I want to ask you to stand with me quickly. And this is not to say this is final, but, and we'll still process it with you. We'll still pray and whatever. But if you can hear the call, and you want to say, yes, God, I hear you. Help me. Would you stand with me? And I want to pray. Thank you. All right. Cool. All right. It's not a pressure, guys. So, um, 
But some of you have heard God and you're wrestling. This is great. I like this. Okay? Strong couples. Okay. So you can stay standing, stay standing. I wanted to hear that there's a, there's a town 60 k's up the coast that I believe God, God has birthed it. That's saying, come over here and help us. Come over here and help us. And, um, and I, I want to ask you, if not we, who will go? Who will do it? God's asking us. Okay? There needs to be more from us. I, 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 this is great. I, I've spoken to all these guys already, actually. Not you guys, but I, I, I've spoken to the rest. There needs to be more from us. I actually think all of us need to go again and put it before God. I want to ask you guys, if you haven't prayed about this, if, if, if you're going to stay then without praying, you might die. Because you want to go back to what we were. We're not there. All right? Some of us might be in chains here for a bit. Some of us might get beaten here a bit. Because we're going to move on a mission. All right? We've set our hearts on pilgrimage. Let's stretch out our hands. So just know, this is not final for these guys. But faith is being birthed. All right? I want to pray. God, I thank you for seeds of faith that you're putting in these guys. And we just pray... God, that it must sprout into life in Jesus' name. God, if it is you, if you're on it, I pray that faith may rise. And as sure as Paul knew that God has said, let's go, that they'll go at once and not doubt the winds and the waves. God, I pray that faith may be birthed in them in Jesus' name. And um, I pray, God, that many more here, I feel there needs to be at least another 10 from us. In other church, it will say yes. And I even pray right now as we spoke today, maybe if you felt today just as I preached, or maybe it might be me. And, um, and I, I feel, I want, I want to ask you to stand. I'm not saying that's going to be you then. But if you felt God speaking to you today, I want to ask you to stand. God, I pray that many more here will, 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 will go, God, will commit to say, yes, God, we're in. Yes, God, we're in. That there's a town that is asking, come over here and help us. And we say yes to the call today, Lord. Setting our hearts on pilgrimage to move where you need us to go, God. Oh, Lord. Oh, God. We bless these guys. Lord, I pray for wisdom for us as elders, how to help navigate them and to hear. We, it's not a, it's not a um, sweeping up movement and just a stirring and say, okay, who's going to do it and go? But I pray that we will hear clearly, even for some who's not hearing at the moment, that we will hear also for them, if you're calling them, God, that all of us can be in the will of God, no matter the price. There is a storm coming either way, but we want to be in the boat with you. We want to be where you are. Bless them, Lord. Great. You guys can grab a seat. Thanks, guys. I want to I ask you guys as a church, we need to pray for these. We need to pray. And I also want to ask you to pray with us again. Just ask, Lord, Mariska and I did that, okay? And we, we said, God, help us. Can I, can I take one minute? I just want to share why I felt God told me to stay. Is I, I felt many times there's been fathers from this congregation that I had to move, and you guys have paid a price. And I actually felt the Lord swinging around that He said, actually, Hannes, I, I need you to stay, to remain here, because you guys matter to the Lord. And, um, and uh, so it, it, it's actually tearing in my heart, because I'm really stirred for Azer. It's God birthed in me. And, uh, but I said, I'll stay, God, because there's a move here. You've got a word, Marley. <laughs> she was born here. And then, um, and so, but we, we, we've done that. We've laid it before God and said, if you need us, we'll do, we go. We'll go. This is a good word. Um, 
I actually enjoyed preaching again. I haven't preached in a long time. Come share, Marlene. I just saw, um, like when you do um, prospecting for gold in a river, and you've got that sif thing, and they go like this with the water. And I just felt like for many of us, we are looking at the sand too much. God is saying, you're here to find gold. You're here to find gold. Look for the gold. The gold is what he's doing. Mm, mm, amen. Cindy, he just reminded me. Don't you want to share that quickly, please? Sorry, I forgot about that. Um, during the prayer time, I had this picture of people holding boulders and standing. And as she was standing there, I saw feathers starting to come. And it would land on people. And as it landed on people, they would take the boulder and put it down. And the more people started to put the boulders down, the more feathers started to come until eventually it looked like a pillow fight where it burst and there was just feathers everywhere. And literally people were covered in feathers. And what I felt the Lord saying was that we are carrying these boulders, whether it be your traditions, whether it be your mindsets, your thoughts, the way you see things, the way you see God, um, whatever it is, and the feathers are the Holy Spirit. And he's busy touching down on people. He's busy touching your hearts, and he's asking you to lay down. You have to lay it down. You need to lay down things in your life. And as you do it, the Spirit is going to start to move more and more and more until it literally is, fills this place completely, and you'll see it. It's tangible. And it just was a picture the Lord gave us. Yeah, yeah. When, when she shared it with me, uh, I really felt it started with one started with one feather that dropped on someone and he laid the boulder down and then it, it enabled another feather to come to drop on someone, lay a boulder down. It enabled another feather. And, 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 and you know, this morning we, we highlighted some, but some of you are going to have to be pioneers to when the feather drops to, to drop, to, to lay down what it is that you're holding on to. And, um, and it's a wrestle, you know. It is a real wrestle. The, the traditions of us that want to nullify the, the words that says, pick up, pick up your life, pick up your life, save it, save it, save it, save it. Wise, be wise, be wise. And, uh, and we're not throwing all um, sense aboard here, okay. But, but there's some that will open the door for others to come in. And um, if God is calling you, don't resist. Don't resist. Amen.